0: You're tuned in to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconato.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconato. Welcome, Remnant Warriors from all around the world. We're so glad that you've tuned in on this very important broadcast we're going to talk about Israel. We're going to talk about counterfeit Christians versus authentic believers. How this all ties in and how we're actually now at a precipice moment. There's no mushy middle. You got to choose a side. Are you in? Or are you out? Are you on the side of light or the side of darkness? Why God is using events like this situation that just happened in Israel to wake the church up and to show us the difference between the counterfeit and the real. So glad that you've joined us today. This is going to be an interesting discussion. I am floored at the response of some quote-unquote believers in Jesus Christ that are out there and openly hostile to Israel. And I did a broadcast on this uh, on my social media where I explained uh, a lot of uh, why the Bible tells us to support Israel and I'm going to go through that just in case you haven't heard it now I'm talking about the Jewish people the, the people Israel not necessarily always the government and I want to make that distinction we don't always agree with the government but here's the question should Christians support Israel let's answer this one right now okay I think we should the Bible says we should and we've got to remember that the nation of Israel is very special to God we read in Deuteronomy 7 6 through8. These words, for you are a people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other people. For you were the fewest of all people. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You know, God's eternal purpose is to bless the world through Israel. Already he's done so in great measure, by the way. And by the way, please excuse my voice. I've been preaching all weekend, speaking all week, and I'm back at it on the radio right now. So I have not given my voice really a chance to rest. Uh, But I think... uh, you know, if you can get over my voice this morning, this is a very important message. Um, he's already done the, the purpose of blessing the world through Israel. He's already done this in, in measure. For salvation is from the Jews. That's according to John 4.22. But the fullness of the future blessing is indicated in the wondrous promise of Isaiah 27.6. It says this, in days to come, Jacob will take root. Israel will bud and blossom and fill all the world with fruit. The declaration that salvation is from the Jews suggests are unmeasurable. It's, it's literally, it's immeasurable. The debt to Israel, all that we have worth having has come to us through the Jewish people. What do you mean, Pastor Todd? Well, our Bible is Jewish. It's a Jewish book. And our Savior is Jewish. He's a Jewish Savior. And we cannot forget to pray for God's chosen people. Is it true that Israel today is a place of rejection? Yes, the nation is a secular, unbelieving place. They're secular. That's why I said, don't, don't look at the nation per se as to the claims of the scripture, of course, and their Messiah, Jesus Christ. They have not accepted Messiah. But at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. How do I know that? It's in Romans eleven five. 5. It says some Jews are being saved and are becoming members of the body of Christ through faith in their Messiah. I know this to be true. I have many friends that are Jewish believers in Messiah and they're, they're rabbis that have messianic congregations and God is doing a work in, in visions and in dreams in waking up the Jewish people in this late hour. Now, Jews are, biblically speaking, the chosen people of God and they're dearly loved by him. Another reason for Christians to support the nation of Israel is because of the Abrahamic covenant. We read God's word of promise in Genesis twelve two through 3 he says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. That's God's promise through Abraham. That's in Genesis twenty-seven, twenty-nine. One of the United States' most worthwhile accomplishments has been our consistent regard to stand with the Jewish nation. No nation in the history of the world has a better record of treating individual Jews with respect than America does. And I believe this is why we've seen favor and blessing on the United States of America. This is why. So very, very important. Uh, America has committed many sins for which, many, uh, for which we do deserve judgment. So, does, so is Israel. But as a nation, we have been a consistent friend of the Jews and the nation of Israel as well as a benefactor. In 1948, President Harry Truman helped persuade the United Nations to recognize Israel as a nation. And since then, the United States has contributed billions upon billions of dollars in aid to Israel. So from the biblical directions of God's love and care for his chosen people, the nation of Israel, and from the history of the nations being destroyed because of their evil dealings with God's chosen people, the Jews, Christian believers should give support to the chosen people of God. This is not to say that we necessarily support the methods they use in their relationships with the Arab nations. Understand the difference there. The Bible warned that conflict would always characterize the relations between the descendants of Isaac and Ishmael. Sadly, this conflict will continue until Jesus comes back to judge the nations as he sets up his thousand-year reign of peace. We must look at the big picture with a biblical worldview while we do not support everything Israel does as a nation we must you know have to support Israel's right to exist god will fulfill his promises and covenants with israel god still has a plan for israel and woe to anyone who seeks to defeat that plan because in genesis 12:3 it says this whoever curses you i will curse I wanted to read that article from remnant.news. You can go on remnant.news, and that is our blog site. And we put up articles there all the time. And this is the the case that we have laid out of why a believer in Christ should indeed support the nation of Israel. Now, I'm seeing many people on social media that are criticizing Israel in a way that is anti-Semitic that is outright blasphemous, really, I believe, in many of the things that I've seen. I mean, it's so wicked. And isn't it interesting that BLM has come out in support against Israel and for Palestine? Uh, you see the Democrats, many of them, like Alessio Cort- uh, Cortez. Uh, you got um, you know Ilhan Omar, uh, Rashid Tlaib. The- these people are operating in an antichrist spirit. And so I believe what God is showing us in this time is he's showing us you know, who's on the side of God, who's in the light, and who's in the darkness? Who's operating in the spirit of Antichrist? It, it's never been more clear. Think of what we saw during COVID, when we saw certain pastors stay closed down, uh, tell everybody to get the Fauci-ouchie. You know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, uh, you know it, it, there was lions and generals that we've talked about significantly over the last couple of years that stood that once they realized that the you know what was going on with the whole thing, they kept their church open and they or they opened up, and they stood because they they didn't go against what the scripture says, where it says don't forsake the assembly together of the brethren. But then there were these people that really surprised us in that time, where they were all about what the government was pushing, the tyranny, you know, uh, all the different uh, specifications that they were putting out there, even when uh, it was clear that the data was speaking in a different direction, the real data, than what the tyrannical local leaders, state leaders, governors like Governor Whitmer and Governor Newsom and others were you know, trying to implement in their states. Remember Governor Newsom, he even said that you know uh, Christians aren't supposed to sing. You can't even praise in the services. He was trying to shut down the praise of God's people. And We talked about praise on Sunday, the Sunday service. Uh, so how important praise is. And yet, anybody that's operating in the Antichrist spirit is going to try to get you not to praise, not to assemble. Don't come come together, Christians, uh, because we know the power that you have when you do come together. Uh, You know, it it was so clear and in our face. You had strip strip clubs open. You had Walmarts open. Target was open. Uh, You know, all these places where many, many people were getting together, but churches they deemed were non-essential. And President Trump flipped that, if you recall, and there was a big fight going on. And we were involved pretty heavily in that fight. Uh, but this was what was going on. And so I believe these last few years, the Lord has showed us, he's, he's given us an opportunity to see very clearly who's on whose side, which side is this person on. And now there's another situation where this Israel situation comes up and you're seeing certain people come out against Israel, hard, hard some people that are in the Christian community. Now they're quote unquote Christians, but we know them by their fruit. And we're seeing, wait a minute, this isn't uh, what I just spoke about, about why a believer should support Israel. They're coming against Israel. So we're going to get into this more because there's going to be a lot of revelation in today's broadcast. You got to stay tuned. We'll be right back. PastorTodd.org is the website. We're right back. Pastor Todd Coconato, welcome back to The Remnant. So glad that you've tuned in today. Uh, We're thankful for you and your listenership. And we need your support, by the way. We're putting together an app right now, which is literally part of the Underground Railroad for The Remnant. We have a group on Facebook that you can find. It's called The Remnant Core Group. And we'd love for you to join that. And we're we're connecting like-minded believers all around the world for a very critical time. We're in... The last of the last days, according to my friend Rick Renner, he feels like it's the last of the last days. I'm not saying we're in the tribulation, but we're in the birth pangs period, and God is raising up a remnant army in this hour that we are going to stand together, and we're going to speak the truth, and so we need your support. We we have a lot of things that are happening. There's a lot of vision that this ministry has, and uh, we say things that are not popular. We We stand for truth no matter what. Uh, I recall several times in the last few years on this program where I have come out uh, about some serious issues like the Q, uh, you know, the whole Q narrative, um, some of the prophets, the quote-unquote prophets that are out there, and we just want you to be soundly grounded in the Bible. You know, we want you to know sound biblical doctrine. We don't want you to be deceived. In fact, I have a huge heart for you not to be deceived, and I know some of you are newer believers, and I'm a pastor, And so I want to make sure, you know, as a shepherd, that you're not deceived and that people don't take advantage of you. And so we put out content that honestly, I haven't been able to find any, anything even similar to some of the things we put out in this, in this regard, Uh, we've taken very difficult stands in the last couple of years. And I believe this is going to continue because there's a lot of deception out there. You know, when I first started talking about some of these people, these internet profits, people were very angry with me. I lost a lot of support. I lost a lot of people but I knew it was something that the Lord put on my heart. And I just want to ask you this question because I know some of you are really following some of these people. Uh, there's a woman out there in particular. She's on the, one of the tours that I used to be on and she's out there saying a bunch of stuff. Well, a lot of her stuff that she said has never come to pass, even though it was very specific. And she has raked in the dough, let me tell you. And I believe fleece the flock. And there's another gentleman out there doing the very same thing millions of dollars are coming in and yet you know what's so amazing is that none of these people now they're going to try to take credit but none of them predicted what just happened in Israel isn't that interesting I did know actually a few people that did have this on their heart real prophetic voices that were warning but I just want you to know uh you know a lot of these people that people are following in fact one of these guys just took a trip to Israel only like two months ago and was just uh raising his staff over Israel saying there was going to be peace And what, like not even two or three months later, you know, this attack happens. So we just don't want you to be deceived. And I know it's hard because you might like the person or they might be really talented in their, you know, production and their demonstration, everything that they bring out. But is that what a prophet looked like in the Bible? No, it's not. Because prophets in the Bible warned, they called people to repentance. They were not like these uh, everyday spiritual gurus that people went to you know, just to hear the latest uh, news. It's, it's, what, what's happened with the internet is very sad. And unfortunately, many people have been caught up in it. And I think though we're in a period of time now, some of the people that were mad at me in the initial stages when we started talking about this, they're coming back. And the reason is, is because they realize that um, what I said was true. Look, I, I, took, I took a huge hit, guys. But you know what? I care about you. And I have to stand before the Lord. And I want you to be set up for success and I love you, and I care about you, and for me, you got to remember, I got stabbed nine times, one in the heart, and so for me, this is very serious, and I don't take my position lightly. In fact, I'm even getting emotional as I'm talking about this right now, because I just love you guys, and I don't want to see you hurt, and these charlatans that are out there that are fleecing the flock, and they're performers, they're showmen, and I know I talk about it a lot, but you know, as we get into this whole thing with Israel, it's like, where were they? How come they didn't warn us? because they don't have the insight. And I think the Lord is showing us. He's showing us in this time. This is a time to be serious. This is a time to repent of sin and unrighteousness. This is a time to get in the word of God, to to spend time with the Lord, to be in his presence, to repent of things that have been repetitive sins in our life. Listen, the Lord has held me to the carpet. He's called me to the carpet. I'm telling you. He said, look, you got to be so consecrated. You got to come out from among them. That's why I wrote the book. And, and, and you know, look, he doesn't get, let me get away with anything. And I'm not saying that you have to walk exactly like I do. I'm not trying to say that I'm better than anybody either. I'm just saying, look at the lateness of the hour. You know, I just spoke in D.C. at a church. And all out, I mean, we had such a powerful Sunday night. I wish that service would have recorded. It was such a powerful time. And the Lord just moved so mightily at the altar. And and but you know, I remember during that service, I said, look, if today, you know, no one knows the day nor the hour, what if today was your last day? What's the legacy that you leave behind? You know, what, what's gonna happen when you stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen with me? You know, what are people gonna say when I'm gone? You know, there was a big Christian leader that just passed away, and I saw all the posts on social media. Uh, you know, just talking about all the things that he accomplished in his life and, you know, the legacy that he left behind. But even only just a few days later, barely anybody's talking about him. You know, the thing is though, is that we've got to remember how will we be remembered? Should the Lord tarry? And what if what if this is the last I mean, there's people that die all the time. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but what what would our life, what would the meaning of our life be to those that you know we left behind, in other words? You know, if we if we were to die or we were to get killed or Jesus were to come. What is our legacy and what's going to happen when we stand before the King of Kings? What is he going to say? Is he going to say, well done, good and faithful servant? Or is is he going to say, depart from me, worker of iniquity, I never knew you. I think there's a lot of people that think they're doing the work of God but don't have a relationship with the Lord. I know you know what I'm talking about. Do we have that daily relationship? Because as we see the world getting crazier, they're talking about terror cells in America. The possibility that some of this that's going on in Israel can pour over here to America. You don't think they have terror cells in America? Of course they do. Of course there's people that wanted to see the great Satan. We're supposedly the great Satan. Israel's the little Satan. We're the big Satan. You know, they they want to see America destroyed. And I guarantee you there are cells in America. In fact, thousands of of combatants and and military age men that are in this country right now in major cities that at any moment could do a lone wolf attack or do some type, the government is warning of it now. And so this is not a time to be messing around. And it certainly isn't a time to be fleecing the flock or doing something scandalous in the name of Jesus. I mean, this is a time to be serious. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're gonna get serious about our faith because of the hour that we're in. The time is late. And God is showing us in this period who is in the spirit of God and who is a counterfeit. And so for the next few minutes here, And then we're going to get in the next segment. I want to go through, you know, what the difference is between an authentic Christian and a counterfeit. Because I think there's a lot of counterfeits out there. And uh, we we just need to make sure that we're doing it right, you know? So the fruit of the Spirit versus the fruit of the flesh. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians 5.22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, And against such, there is no law. So we're going to get into this so that you can make sure you're set up. People always say, well, how do I know that I'm I'm okay? I want to make sure I'm okay. I see all this horrible stuff going on in the world. This will give you a peace that passes all understanding. And so again, excuse my voice. I've been preaching a lot. And I know I got a kind of like a raspy voice today, but I am passionate about this. Because I think God is showing us many, many things in this time. And if we listen and if we walk in discernment and we ask His Holy Spirit to give us wisdom, think about all the things that He's allowed to happen in these last couple of years that have exposed the fake. All right, we'll be right back. All around the world, welcome to The Remnant. Pastor Todd Coconato streaming live all on radio stations, on podcast applications, on social media. God is raising up a standard in this hour. We should not grow weary in doing good. We should not cave. We should not back down. We should not capitulate. There is a group of authentic believers that love the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are that group. We are The Remnant. Welcome back. We're talking about how this situation with Israel has once again exposed the counterfeit because people that are not standing with Israel don't understand what the word of God says. Plain as day, plain as day. And so, uh, you, you know, look, it's a telltale sign. If, if your favorite influencer is out there and they're coming against Israel right now, then that's a telltale sign. They're operating in, in deceit, you know, deception. And so I want to go through, again, as I did on my broadcast the other day, but many of you probably didn't hear it, God's covenant with Israel. So we understand, as a believer in Jesus Christ, why we stand with Israel. And, you know, these other people that are out there, that are, that are totally bashing Israel and coming against God's people, well, this should be a telltale sign to every one of us. It's a spirit of Antichrist, God's covenant with Israel. Throughout the Bible, God establishes multiple covenants with Israel. These covenants or agreements are foundational to the understanding of God's relationship with his chosen people and his broader redemptive plan for humanity. So what we have to understand, this is the broader redemptive plan for humanity. Of course, the devil doesn't want us to, to know that. Of course, the devil doesn't want us to be involved in that. He wants us to be involved in the plan to, to take people down so that people go to hell. There is the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And that's God's promises to Abraham that the descendants will be as numerous as the stars, and that through His seed, the seed of Abraham, all nations of the earth would be blessed. And this covenant, by the way, was unconditional and was signified by the right of circumcision. Uh, then you got the uh, Mosaic covenant in Exodus 1924, Exodus 1924. At Mount Sinai, after delivering the Israelites from Egyptian bondage, God provides the law. What's the law? The Ten Commandments. You know, the one that the left seems to ignore about thou shall not murder. Hmm. Uh, So he brings the Ten Commandments and and gives them to Moses. And if Israel obeys the law, listen to this. If Israel obeys the law, remember the church is grafted into the vine. If we obey the law, if Israel obeys the law, they they will be his treasured possession and a kingdom of priests. However, this covenant was conditional. And it's based upon Israel's obedience. This is why as a believer in Jesus Christ, he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And this is the secret, if you will. It's not really a secret, it's out there. But if this, this is the strategy, the plan, the roadmap, whatever you wanna call it, that any nation of people, any group of people, if you follow the laws of the Bible, if you follow the scripture, then you're gonna be blessed. You're gonna have God's favor and blessing on you. But if you go against the Bible and against the law of God and you you start worshiping idols and and you go against the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you align with the Antichrist spirit, then God's favor and hand is taken from you and you're allowed to go into captivity or even worse because the wages of sin are death. Amen. So that's the Mosaic covenant and uh, it is conditional. Then you got the Davidic covenant, 2 Samuel 7, 8 through 16. 2 Samuel 7, 8 through 16. God promises King David that his lineage would last forever and that his throne would be established permanently. And this covenant points forward to Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We can only get to the Father through the Son, Jesus, who is from the line of David and he reigns eternally. So why in the world would any Bible-believing Christian be against Jews? How crazy and ridiculous is that? Now, I'm not saying there aren't bad Jewish people that are in the Antichrist spirit or against God, sure. Think of George Soros. Think of the Rothschilds. I mean, there are people out there that say they're Jewish that are going against God and actually part of the elite, part of the World Economic Forum and the globalists and and those guys. I'm not saying that we have to follow them. I'm talking about loving the nation, Israel, the the people that God chose. Not being anti-Semitic, not hating Jews like I see some of these people doing. That's an Antichrist spirit. Think about what happened during the Holocaust. That was an Antichrist spirit. Why? Why did that happen? Because it's the same battle. And we're going to get into this in the last segment of the show, the battle between Isaac and Ishmael. So it will all come together. So I talked about the Davidic covenant. Now there's the new covenant. This is Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, the new covenant. God's promises in this new covenant are a future where he would write his law on the hearts of his people. And they would truly be his. And this covenant is realized through Jesus Christ and extends to all people, Jews and Gentiles. Anybody who believes in him, that's you, that's me. We're grafted into the vine. And so why should we adhere to this? Well, number one, there's fulfillment in Christ. All these covenants find their ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ. He is the descendant of Abraham through whom all nations are blessed. That's in Galatians 3.16 the perfect keeper of the mosaic law, Matthew 5:47, uh, Matthew 5:17, excuse me. Matthew 5:17, the eternal king of David's line, Luke 132 through 33, and the mediator of the new covenant through his blood, Luke 22:20. 20. Understanding God's faithfulness. This is number 2, understanding God's faithfulness by understanding God's covenants with Israel us the church the body the ecclesia can better appreciate god's faithfulness god remains true he's consistent he's consistent he's the same yesterday today and forever and this offers assurance to the church about god's unchanging nature what about theological uh continuity the continuity of the of of, of, you know sound doctrine The covenants provide a continuous theological narrative from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Recognizing this continuity helps the church understand its place in God's redemptive history. We are the bride. He is coming for a church without spot nor wrinkle. He's coming soon. He says, look up. People get mad if you say it's the last days. I had some woman that was cussing me out because I said we're in the end times. She's like, stop talking about the end times. Well, how do you know? How do you know? Because the signs are all around us. Now I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, and we certainly shouldn't live in fear. If anything, we should be excited. We are living in Bible times. Things are happening right before our eyes. It's encouraging to me. Don't get don't get fearful. If you're filling your your soul with content online that's doom and gloom, then that's the place that you're going to live from because, you know, the eyes are the window to the soul, and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So make sure you're feeding your soul with with things that are lifting you up. But it doesn't mean that we're not watchmen and we're not operating in the Issachar anointing of understanding and discerning the times. We've got to make sure that we know what's going on. This is happening, friends. The Bible is coming to life. Then we got uh, Gentile inclusion. And I'm not talking about the woke version of inclusion, by the way. And while the covenants were initial initially with Israel through Jesus Christ, the blessings of these covenants are extended to Gentiles, non-Jews. In Ephesians 2, 12 through 13, Paul mentions that Gentiles were once without Christ and strangers from the covenants of promise, but now have been brought, uh, brought near by the blood of Christ. We're we, we under the blood. Because of the blood, we've, we've been connected back to a holy God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. It's the blood, the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, Thank you, God, for what you did on that cross. Can we just give Him praise for a minute? Thank you, God. Thank you for what you did on that cross, Lord God. Can we repent right now? I just feel led to do this. Somebody's listening to this program today, and you're hearing what, what's happening here, and you're, you're feeling a real urgency in your spirit. You're looking at what's going on in the world, and you're carrying a heaviness. I just feel this really strong right now. You're carrying such a heaviness, and you've got your own challenges in your own life. You've got challenges in your family, maybe your marriage, but... You just feel this heaviness. You've seen what's happened with Israel, and you've been walking this heaviness. I just feel the anointing right now. And God is saying, look, your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Let's repent right now. I'm going to repent too. In Jesus' name, I repent, Lord, of any area of sin in my life. Lord God, I just want to serve you. I just want to be about your business, Lord. Anoint me to do so, Lord God. Forgive me of my failures, Forgive me of the things in my life that I've done wrong. Let me be a better father. Let me be a better dad, you know, a better husband. Lord, let me me be right in your eyes. I want to be in your perfect will. And I just pray for the person that's listening to this as they pray that too. Lord, we just want to be in your will. Cleanse us of sin and unrighteousness. Let us take this seriously. We want to be on fire for you, God. We want to do what you want us to do. We want to leave a legacy, Lord. We want to do more. We want to do better. Who is that right now that I'm talking to on here? Yeah, it's you. Yeah. Yeah, you. I really believe God wanted you to hear this today with my raspy voice from preaching all weekend. (laughs) But, you know, I really believe God. I'm sorry for my voice. I'm sorry for my hoarseness. But, you know, I didn't want to not do the show today. But I feel the anointing here today. I feel God moving right now. Number five, holiness and obedience. Oh, friends, I can't tell you the importance of obedience. There have been things that God has asked of me that are very difficult over the years. They had a high cost. Like when I started saying things about the prophets, you know, I mean, the people that call themselves prophets. Look, I love prophecy. We just had a woman come to our church and give such an on prophetic word. God just sent her there. He put my my face in her mind and he said, you need to, you know, she was going to babysit that night. She said she didn't babysit. She came all the way out from lower Tennessee and, and God just called her to church. She gets up there. And, and I start praying for her. I'm like, how can I pray for you? And she's like, well, I, I don't really know why I'm here. And then all of a sudden, out of her mouth, she started speaking prof- prophetic utterance. And everything she was saying, it was reading my mail. It was so powerful. She's not a big name. She's not out there on social media making millions of dollars. Literally, this woman just was sent by God. And she had an urgency to come and and share it. And I said to everybody in the church that was witnessing this, because we were weeping and I got slain in the spirit. And I was just, I was under the power of God. I knew it was of the Lord because I bore witness in my spirit. And I said, this is a prophet, friends. This, I believe in the prophecy. I just don't believe in the people that are fleecing the flock. And that's why it's been on my heart so much because I've seen so many of you follow these people. I know them personally. I've seen under the covers in their ministry. I know people that have worked for them. Anyways, you know, holiness, obedience, Christians are under the new covenant and not bound by the Mosaic law. The principles behind the law, like loving God and loving one's neighbor, they remain and they provide a moral and ethical guidance to the church. Well, you say, well, what do you mean we're not under the Mosaic law? Well, you don't have to, you don't have to sacrifice, you know, animals. Uh, There's certain things in there that we don't need to do. But that's because Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. But if you look at the Ten Commandments, I mean, they still apply. You know, so the church is distinct from Israel. I don't believe in replacement theology. That's a bad theology, replacement theology. But we are grafted in the vine. And while the church is distinct from Israel and the covenants were made primarily with Israel, except for the new covenant, understanding these covenants is essential for grasping the full scope of God's redemptive plan, which we're a part of and which Israel is a part of. Israel is a part of God's redemptive plan. So it makes sense that the devil would try to steer us away from support of Israel, that the antichrist spirit, the counterfeit spirit, the counterfeit pervasive spirit that's in this hour, it makes sense why that spirit would try to allure us and these, these people that are influencers on social media, they're bashing Israel, they're coming against God's people. They're in the Antichrist spirit. And God is showing us very clearly now who's who and, and who's on which side. And I just broke down in the word of God why Christians should support Israel. If you stay tuned to the next segment now, this is gonna get good. I'm gonna actually give the, the reason why uh, Isaac and Ishmael have been at war with each other. And, and who is Isaac and Ishmael today? You need to know this very important i'm telling you this is going to really hook up a lot of people to understand who you are in jesus christ you're going to get it after this part of god's redemptive plan it's been going on way before israel was a country it's all coming to fruition now god is moving and understand we are in prophetic times we'll be right back this is the todd Coconato show All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as the Remnant. We're in segment four, the last segment of the show, and we're going to really break this down now. Excuse my hoarse voice again. I'm sorry. I've been preaching a lot, and I need to recover, but this today's show is very important. So if you can get around my voice and actually get to the meat of what I'm saying, I think this is very, very important for us to all understand. You know, in the Bible, there's stories. That are, that are more than just ancient narratives. You know, it's about seeing the, the threads of God's plan weaving throughout history. And one such story is the saga of Ishmael and Isaac. They're two sons of Abraham who became against each other and, and, and they became the uh, uh, you know, the fathers, if you will, of vast nations and inadvertently a long-standing conflict. And so we're, we're gonna get into this right now, the birth of Ishmael. So the birth of Ishmael, was from Sarah, Abraham's wife. And you can find this in Genesis 16, one through two. It says this, now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. And so she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. And so Sarah said to Abraham, see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of his wife. You know, her impatience and her decision to take matters into her own hands led to Hagar's pregnancy, and out of Hagar came Ishmael. And through Ishmael, it was a result of human planning, which was also, by the way, prophesied by God. Well, what was the prophecy? It was in Genesis 16, 11 through 12. It said, then the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child. And you shall bear a son and you shall call him Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction and he shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man and every man's hand against him and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. God acknowledged Ishmael and promised to make a great nation out of him, which he did. But the prophetic nature of his character and relationships are are suggesting how the future tensions started. Then there was the miracle of the birth of Isaac. In Genesis 16, I'm sorry, Genesis 17, 15 through 16, Genesis 17, 15 through 16, it says this. It says, and God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her by Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be mother of nations. King of, uh, king of peoples shall be from her. That's in Genesis 17, 15 through 16. So Isaac, his birth was a fulfillment of God's original promise to Abraham, not when they usurped God's promise and went ahead of God and tried to make something happen. It's a good lesson there. And it was a miracle birth because she was very old. She was very, very old. And Isaac represents the line through which God's covenant promise would continue. Now think about that if you're waiting on something, you're waiting on a marriage, you're waiting on something in your life, you're waiting on financial release, something like that. Something very powerful came from waiting on God, it actually was the line, the lineage that brought to Jesus himself. So the conflict begins in Genesis 21, 9 through 10. Genesis 21, 9 through 10. Now Sarah saw the, the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not heir with my son. She was talking about Isaac. And so the tensions between Sarah and Hagar and between Isaac and Ishmael reached a point where separation became inevitable. And the division was not just between the individuals, but it set a precedent for future generations. Hallelujah. The spiritual implications for believers. Let's, let's talk about that. In Galatians 4, through 24 in the New King James, it says, for it is written that Abraham had two sons the one by a bondwoman and the other by a free woman, but he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through God's promise, which is which are symbolic. So Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, draws a deeper spiritual significance from this narrative. Ishmael was born out of human effort; therefore, it represents the the self righteous, you know, and 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 the law, religion, flesh, while Isaac was born out of divine promise which signifies grace and faith. So this conflict that began with Ishmael and Isaac went beyond a family feud. It's now continuing to play out on the world stage as two people groups are against each other because of the spirit behind them. And one is God's chosen people and the other was born out of flesh. And as it was prophesied, one is a, you know wants to kill and is, is feisty. I'll go back to that original statement here. You know, there was two sons and they'll both have, you know, vast nations, but the uh, one of them, and this was the prophesy to uh, the the mom, you know, which was a Hagar. And it said, Ishmael has, he shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man. There it is. Think about the suicide bombers. Think about the jihadists. Think about ISIS. That's exactly what this is. I mean, is it not? Think about what it's saying. His hands shall be against every man. This is Genesis 16, 11 through 12, and he should be a wild man, and he should be against every man and every man's hand against him. So let me just read this again, then we're going to discuss this, and then we're going to close, and I'm going to pull everything together in just a minute here. The conflict that began with Ishmael and Isaac went beyond a family feud. It laid down the roots for generations of strife, and they're not going to stop, friends. It's going to go on until the Lord returns. However, as believers, the crucial lesson here isn't about taking sides in this ancient conflict, but recognizing the broader implications spiritually. It's a tale of human effort versus divine promise, law versus grace, self-reliance versus faith. As believers, we're called to walk in the footsteps of Abraham, placing our faith in God's promises, awaiting his timing, and recognizing that his ways, though sometimes mysterious or they may take a long time, always fulfill a greater redemptive plan. Because Sarah or Sarai got ahead of God and forced something on her own strength because she didn't trust God, a nation was born and this nation was born in rebellion. And so this is an anti-Christ spirit. This is a flesh, that's what flesh is. Flesh, the wages of sin or death. And so if you're operating in flesh, it's an anti-Christ spirit. Now think about this on the world stage as people are saying, well, it's just because Israel is an occupying force. No, it's not. It's because this goes back to Abraham. It goes back to the two sons. And this conflict has been going on that long. And it's not going to be stopped by some type of deal. I believe maybe they'll have that three and a half years of peace. Of course they will, because the Bible says it. It will happen. Where people will say, peace, peace, safety, safety, all that stuff. But no that that's not gonna last because you can't usurp the Bible. So it's gonna be, again, that peace deal that the Antichrist is gonna broker ends up being a disaster, ends up being cataclysmic. But for a moment, the world is deceived. We see the deception in people like Obama. We see the deception in guys like Gavin Newsom that I say walk in an unholy anointing. They're anointed in an Antichrist spirit, but what they say sounds good. And people are duped. And there's people in the church that are saying tickle ear stuff, which the Bible warned us about. They're preaching another gospel, but it sounds like the gospel because it's a form of godliness and people that aren't spiritually astute and haven't been in the word of God for a long time can be deceived because it sounds good. Just like the left has their narrative, which is also the antichrist spirit, which sounds good. Oh, we're for women, women's rights. Oh, we're for, uh, you know, you can, you can, it's your body, your choice. You know, all these things that sound really good these little cliches, these little things that they say, but what's the spirit behind them? And so God has allowed this time, this very important time to get your house in order and to operate in the anointing of the Holy Spirit by discerning through the word of God and through through scripture, through discernment of the spirit. He says, test the spirits. And so if you see people that are out there that are totally against Israel, totally against the Jewish people, they're siding with Ishmael, then either they're in great error and deceived or they're absolutely operating in the Antichrist spirit. And God is allowing this time so that we can see clearly and know who's who. And for those that have a heart, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, the remnant, the real people of God that look to the scripture and that obey the scripture and live by the scripture and have a heart to please God, you are going to be saved because those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as for me and my house, I'll say it again, we're going to serve the Lord. If you've been opposed, if people have come against you, your family is turned on you, your spouse is against you, your children are against you, stand. Stand firm. God is with you. God is with you. I want you to know that. You're not alone. There is a remnant. And that's why we do this program. Listen, my voice is hoarse. I've been running around. I'm tired. I sure could have used a day off today. But God said, you get out there and you speak the truth because this is a message that my, my people need to hear. And I'm, that's why we do what we do here at The Remnant. We do this because we love you. And we do this because we know it's an end time calling. It's something that God's put on us. And so if you have a heart, if you like content like this, you, you appreciate this radio show, please support us. We need support. It's a difficult time right now. And we need people to partner with us. Even if it's $20 a month, that's huge. You can go to toddcoconato.com slash give toddcoconato.com slash give or you can go to pastortodd.org please pray about becoming a monthly partner with this ministry like I said we need you we love you bless you